At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Boy, these guys in play by play never want to concede it. There is, there is a ball shot. We're back for hour number three. <laughs> betting Across America presented by BetMGM. What were you saying about us play by play, guys? You never want to concede the game is over. There's 4.4 seconds left in the North Texas game against UTEP, and there's what? a five point differential. And he's like, well, you know, he knocks them both down. The game's over. Listen, I'm not familiar right. with the five-point play unless David Bluthenthal is out there for USC at Oregon. <laughs> I'm Ben Wilson. I do play-by-play at times. I try to never say the game is over before it's over because yeah. we know here at VEASAN, not how things uh, normally play out. You've, so you're sweating a live bet. You took, a, what, North Texas uh, plus 7.5 live at UTEP, right? Well, I took them plus 2.5. It went from 6 to 6.5, and, and so they were down 14. And that, that half a point was huge. And I remember when I took it, I said, this is bad. And it looks like I should be able to survive, but still, that in a second half situation, Ben, that, that's a big scenario there. So you you're going to survive. It looks like you will uh, you will survive there. Well, they got a five. Like, they got a. It's a five point deficit with four point mm-hmm. four seconds left. UTEP shooting two free throws. Even if it makes them both with nobody on the line, you assume they won't get an offensive rebound on the second one. You, you would you would assume, but this is college basketball. Uh, that <laughs> that is so true. That is so so true. You you never know. Updating some of these games we've been following throughout the show, and then we'll get into some. Uh, that are uh, just getting underway as well. Texas and Kansas been a tight one at Allen Fieldhouse as we go to the half. 35-33 KU on top of the Longhorns. And a game uh, KU, if they have any hopes of somehow potentially backdooring their way into a one seed, will need to win. Three-point second uh, half favorites of all. So laying at this point five for the game. Your second half total of 73 here. And uh, for, for Chris Beard's team, he emphasized the importance of this game, as you would expect, given his team's inconsistencies this season as a likely five-seed Texas heading into the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Uh, been, been a good showing for the Longhorns so far. The question is, can they continue their level of play here for 40 minutes? Yeah, well, you know, the one thing is that it would be a concern for me for Beard's team. KU didn't shoot the ball particularly well initially from the three-point arc. Obagi got it going late in the half. I think Texas at one point was, uh, I want to say, four for seven from beyond the arc. Ben, you might have a current number there in terms of their shooting proficiency. Five of eight. So Five of eight. Yeah. Okay, so um, 63%. You're down, what is it, three? Down two at the half. Yeah. Down two? Okay, I mean, to me. That's what I'm saying. Can you get it for 40 minutes? Because it was an impressive showing, but you make a good point on that. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to shoot at that rate continuously. And also, KU did not play particularly well throughout that game. I mean, in the first half, so... Uh, interesting to see how this second half plays out here. So that is uh, one of those halftime games at the moment. Seeing a little money, too, to the over as at BetMGM. Just saw that tick up from 73 to 73 and a half here uh, for our full game. 
as we go sticking in the Big 12, uh, this is a game that uh, you might have to pull up on your old, uh, your old iPad. Amal. This is a uh, ESPN Plus game. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. I'm showing one second left on the clock. 51-49. We're now getting a little cut in here. As Oklahoma State hits a corner three with uh, 15 seconds left to take a one-point lead, and it's the final possession now. So Oklahoma State in that Super Bowl-type yeah. moment for them today, looking to pull the upset on Texas Tech, 52-51. Yeah, that would be a huge win for Mike Boyd's team. I know that you're closing out the season. You don't have anything else to play for, but still, that would be a good way to leave your season considering where Texas Tech is probably expected to go in the NCAA tournament. And Tech laying three or three and a half on the road there. 130 and a half is your, uh, your total here, so that's going to go way, way under uh, with, again, 15 seconds left. Looks like Texas Tech just used a timeout as they try to set up a final play uh, there in Stillwater. So we have some of these big-time Power 5 games going on. Amal, also some conference tournament games as well in the Missouri Valley. First semifinal of the day. Seeing Northern Iowa make a push. They were down 16 at the half. They got it to within 11 at the under-16 media timeout. Now it's within 9, 10 minutes to go. As they've chipped away here, but uh, remain down in this one. Loyola, a 10.5-point live favorite after going off here. Amal is a 4 point favored in St. Louis. Yeah, uh, you know, this is, when a season's on the line, you expect to see a fight out of a team, especially a team with the offensive capability of you and I. They're at the free throw line. And here's the other thing to keep an eye on, Ben. They just missed the, uh, I think it was a one and one. By the way, I would like one and one free throws to be counted in the stat sheet as two missed free throws if you miss the front end. That, that seems like a fair adjustment. You didn't get Why the not? second shot. You cost your team an opportunity for you two automatically points. automatically missed the second. Yeah, exactly. That, so that is, that's the one fascinating thing, too, because there's been a lot of talk just in general college basketball circles of like the women's game has such a better flow now with the quarter system. Yeah. But the only thing in the women's game was they got rid of the one and one because now if you get basically five team fouls in a quarter, you go straight to the double bonus, which as you I mean, the one and one has a huge impact, especially when it comes to March Madness on, on these games. So that's the one thing I'm curious to see how that uh, that goes forward here if, if they end up going to the quarter system uh, in the men's game. It, it would be huge from a betting standpoint, right? Because when teams get into a double bonus scenario early on, like when you play St. John's, you start the second half with about 16 fouls. I mean, the Johnny, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're one free throw away from one yeah. foul away from being in the, at the free throw line. So from that standpoint, it seems like an advantage, but I, I think it would help kind of alleviate the parade to the free throw line. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. And, you know, one of the other things I don't get that teams don't do, if you've got, generally every team's got some free throw shooter that's fairly incompetent at the line. When you get to six team fouls, and if a guy's, let's say, 57% or below, why are you not just automatically fouling him away from the ball and potentially turning this into a turnover, getting a rebound, and going back the other way? I would use my seventh, eighth, and ninth team fouls in scenarios where the other team is going to a one and one because right. if you get a charge, now that's one less one and one opportunity that the other team has. The value of the one and one is not factored in enough by most. Uh, not at all. Yeah, and I think you know it'd be interesting to see if they make that change. I know that they implemented in the women's game with the quarters. I think it's probably only a matter of time before they do that in the men's game. You, look, someone who calls both uh, women's women's games have tremendous, a much better flow to them. Just when when you're watching, and that's they're not they don't care about the betters, but they they care about the viewing experience. So we'll we'll see again. The one and one going to figure very big, very large into the NCAA tournament, and we'll see which teams are even in because this has been another big bubble weekend as well. Amal, another bubble team we have not mentioned yet today is uh, is laying another egg, or at least in the process of it. Oregon, who has is uh, has had two really brutal losses over the last couple of weeks losing by 14 at home to Cal, then getting blasted in Tempe by 24 at Arizona State. I'm all there in Pullman today, taking on a Washington State team that has also underachieved this season. Uh, two teams that are on the wrong side of the bubble. 
Wazoo all over the Ducks at the half. 46-32 right now. Oregon is laying a two and a half or three here for the second half, but another just uh, unconvincing showing from Dana Altman's guys on the road. You, you're absolutely right about Washington State. Uh, I think when you look at this team, Abagide is a terrific athlete. He's going to be an NBA player, about 6'8", 6'9", really can jump out of the gym, can do it all. I love DJ Rodman, a glue player for this team. Dennis Rodman's son. Yeah, and Williams to me, though, this has been the problem with Washington State. Noah Williams has regressed. I, I don't think he's played as well as he did last year. You look at end of shot clock scenarios, he's not as effective as he should be. But I think this Washington State team should be better than they've showed this so far this season. Uh, Oregon, same thing. No Will Richardson in the lineup today. In real trouble at the Palouse today. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to come back and win this game. As tempting as it would be to to think, all right, even slaying the two and a half or three, get it to within a, you know, 11, a essentially here a ten and a half, eleven point game. Oh, what what just happened to ball? What By happened? the way, so our producer today, Elliot, and yourself, uh, yeah. both Missouri guys, we are Tom Crean going full Georgia, nine point <laughs> nine point lead at the break, nine point uh, lead at the break, and Ben, I saw in the end play right now, Mizzou minus eight and a half. That's not a typo. That is that is real. That that is oh full Tom Crean. I mean, come on! Are you kidding me? Against like our sad Elliot and I, our sad, uh, our sad basketball team, the Missouri Tigers, always, always something to going down there and the SEC. Uh, Wazoo, that they've at least finished strong here, winning three of four. But my point on this is, as tempting as it is to say, a team as athletic as Oregon, who has as much talent as as they have, and who's been a very popular pick as a dark horse to win the Pac-12 tournament. Their odds, even despite the struggles of them all, have been slashed next week here in Vegas from about. 14, 15 to one, down to 10 to one to win that conference tournament. But the issue is, it's like, at what point do you say, all right, there, there are too many warts on a team like this. I don't care about the coaching pedigree or the talent that they have. That At a certain point of all, you, you just can't overlook a lot of those things. And, and we're seeing that played out by a Wazoo team today who is playing much better, having won the three of four and, and all over the Ducks right now by 14. Yeah, I want to go back to Oregon real quick in this sense. I think if you're Dana Altman, you got to reevaluate. You mentioned Young, who was at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. This is his third program he's been at. Terrific player, but you've got Quincy Garrier, who transferred in from Syracuse. They just have not been able to gel. They've got immense talent but doesn't necessarily mean it's worked as a collective well together. And I think that's been the problem for Dana Altman's teams. Do you want to take on this many transfers? I think that's mm-hmm. something you have to really consider if you are Oregon going forward. Yeah. Well, and for a guy like him, who's been in the D one game for over 30 years, you, you know, some, we've seen coach K in particular, other coaches really, you know, either embrace the one and don't or embrace the transfer portal. And it's like, it, what, how, how do you walk that line as a coach who has so much traditional experience and success when you have a you know something like the NCAA that changes so much as we've seen over the last five ten years, you know you need that elite level recruiting class that Kentucky had with Anthony Davis and the other guys with and Michael uh, was that kid Gilchrist as well I think on yeah. that team they win a national title. But you look at Coach K, Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, they don't win anything. Um, I think teams are starting to realize, and, and Calipari mentioned this a while ago. It's great to get those superstar players, but you need them mixed in with guys that are going to be at a program like Travion Williams at Purdue for a number of years that develop and kind of build within the program. You look at Loyola right now. Uh, Denzel Ballantyne takes over for Porter Moser, and this team has been doing well because they have the experience of players that have been there a long time within the program. They understand what you're trying to do offensively yeah. and defensively. You didn't mention uh, Deron Lamb in that, uh, in that Kentucky. You, you, That's because you people, people at UK, <laughs> let me tell you, I, I don't remember anybody from that team, but I can tell you, I remember all the guys from the 96 Miracles team. I mean, they were unbelievable. Where's Jeff Shepard? He can still probably jump out of the gym. <laughs> That's, it's probably fair. 
<laughs> it's like people are saying, how dare you not include it? Deron Lamb. That's a, hey, that team had pretty guy. much everyone play in the tournament. They were down 31 at the Maravich Center and came back against LSU. Amazing, amazing run that was. Uh, by the way, Oklahoma State, they do pull off the upset. It has gone final in Stillwater. So that spot we talked about all throughout the show, Amal, it comes through. 52-51, Oklahoma State ends the year because they are ineligible for postseason. Ends here with the win as they upset 12th-ranked Texas Tech and Mark Adams at Red Raiders will limp in now to the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City next weekend. We still have a lot more college basketball to get to on our final hour of the show. But up next, though, we'll do a little detour. Talk to our guy, Andrew Bailey, uh, as we discuss all things on the NBA card reporter with the Bleacher Report, as we'll discuss a lot of interesting storylines going on right now in the association as we're down into the final 20 games or so of the regular season. That is coming up next as we go into our final home stretch here. Sixth hour and final hour of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As we continue to track all the college basketball action, let's detour here momentarily. Amal Shah, Ben Wilson, back with you here from our Circus Sportsbook Studios and discuss uh, some NBA here with Andrew Bailey, our guy from Bleacher Report. Uh, covers the league, and as we go down the home stretch, it's a good thing to talk about here from a large scale as the picture is, in, in a sense, starting to get a little bit clearer of what we are going to see uh, here down the home stretch. So, Andrew, thank you for the time. I want to start in Philadelphia, where we, we saw a game last night where the Cleveland Cavaliers played on the surface what you could you know, only could describe as a, a best possible performance for them. We're up big in that game, and yet it just didn't matter. Philadelphia was too good down the stretch. James Harden scores 25. Tyrese Maxey goes off for 33. And as much as we, we're trying to avoid the whole media cliche of like, all right, Philadelphia is now this unstoppable force since the trade bringing in James Harden to Philadelphia. What do you make of how this Philly team has looked with him now in the fold, especially in a game like last night where they struggled so much, still won the game by six over a pretty good Cleveland team? 
Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, and and it does seem kind of cliche at this point, but I'm going to hop on that same bandwagon. <laughs> the, the Sixers look, uh, frankly, kind of ridiculous since James Harden got there, and I figured they would be good. Um, but I also thought there might be a little bit more of a runway and, and you know, some more growing pains for those two, figuring out how to play together. With how ball-dominant Joel Embiid is on the post and obviously how ball-dominant James Harden has been for I, I guess a decade now. Um, I just thought there'd be, there'd be a learning curve there, but I also thought, well, if he kind of defers the way that he did when he first got to Brooklyn uh, last season, he being James Harden, of course, then, then maybe it'll work. And I think he is doing that to an extent. Um, but it's, it's just looks very dynamic already. Joel Embiid is rolling to the rim, which is something he hadn't done as much previously. Harden's moving a little bit off the ball. And I think the real key, at least in these first few games, has been Tyrese Maxey suddenly looks like a star too. Um, moving him from essentially point guard to shooting shooting guard may free up his abilities too. So everything has clicked, I think, as quickly as it possibly could have with the Sixers. And they, they look like a very real contender right now. Andrew, didn't you feel like, though, James Harden potentially has kind of something to prove? You know, he got traded and everybody was treating him like he was some afterthought. You know, five years ago, we were talking about this guy potentially being considered maybe the greatest score in the history of the game. I think that he certainly does, but this, he had something to prove last year, too, when he got traded to Brooklyn. He had something to prove after he ousted Chris Paul. Um, he had something to prove after he ousted Dwight Howard. This is This is just kind of the pattern of his career, and I think he's reached a point now where, um, you know, he can prove – all he wants in the regular season. He's now one of those guys that's going to be judged almost entirely on whether or not he wins a title fair or not. Um, there are those legendary players like Barkley and Malone and Stockton who we all acknowledge how phenomenal they were, but in terms of legacy conversations, it's always one of the first things brought up that, that they never won a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ultimate prove it for Harden still is, is winning a title. Um, and he's certainly played with a lot of stars over the years, so I hesitate to say that this is his best chance, but it certainly looks like he does have a chance, and this is the best, you know, pure center that he's played with in his career. So maybe that's what he's needed all along um, is more of that that balance, that complementary player. He's played with a lot of good wings and guards, which is what he is in a way. Um, so maybe now that he's playing with somebody that's that's quite a bit different than him, maybe that's what takes him to the next level. It is, although he maybe he was listening to you, uh, Andrew, what you were just saying, because he is. They are resting him today. Uh, <laughs> he will be out tonight. <laughs> sort of somewhat ironically, guy with as much uh, durability as he had has had historically is going to be out in this game. Back to back now for Philadelphia after uh, they didn't cover last night, but they did win there by six against Cleveland. Uh, Jimmy Butler questionable with a toe injury for Miami tonight. No Kyle Lowry once again for the Heat, who remains out. We'll see if P.J. Tucker gives it a go. He is also questionable. Heat laying four or four and a half tonight in that marquee matchup. Sixers uh, and Heat, as we're joined here by uh, Andrew Bailey. Follow him at Andrew D. Bailey on the Twitter machine. Uh, as far as the Eastern Conference, just as a, a whole, though, so for looking to power aid here uh, right now, and as we pull up some of the Eastern Conference futures, we saw the Bucks win a very entertaining game last night in Chicago. They now have the tiebreaker over the Bulls here with two games head-to-head still to go, and those two teams now tied atop the Central Division with the way the Heat have looked, and still the market has not totally come around on them yet. Still, as you see there, they're your fourth betting favorite. Uh, where, did, where do your power ratings uh, look at right now, uh, Andrew, when we, we think about the fact that the Nets, despite all of their issues on and off the court, remain your betting favorite at 3-1 to one, despite sitting in the eighth spot here in the East? 
Yeah, them hanging on to that spot for, I, I think they, you guys can probably correct me on this, but they probably started at or near the top at the very beginning of the season, which made sense at the time. Um, but with all they've gone through, I continue to be kind of surprised that they're hanging on there. Um, and I, you know, I know that, that Kevin Durant came back and I, I would guess Ben Simmons back will suddenly feel better after March 10th. Um, and maybe the, the vaccine stuff loosens here in the next little bit for Kyrie Irving and they can get all three of them on the floor to, uh, together. But at that point, they don't have a lot of time to figure out how to play together. And I know that, you know, Kevin Durant alone gives them a, a different kind of ceiling. Um, it was basically him and spare parts at the end that almost beat the Bucks last season in the playoffs. So I, I hesitate to count them out, but I just, I think you need more time to figure out how to play together, especially with someone who is as unique as Ben Simmons is. He's not really a plug and play guy. Um, they're going to have to figure out how to work around his strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's going to take time. Um, the team I keep coming back to, if, you know, if I had to pick, this is the team I think will represent the East in the finals is the Bucks. And I know that they've, they've underwhelmed at times this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with injuries and the health and safety protocols um, because their record, when they have those three main guys together is still very, very good. The last time I checked, it was like 26 and eight or something like that. I, it's been a bit. Um, so they're a dominant team when they have them all together. And I think they have a little bit of that champion cruise control thing going on this season mm-hmm. too where now they understand that, you know, the regular season is just sort of preparation for the playoffs. And I think they'll take it to another level when the playoffs start. Um, but I, and a team that's kind of lingering for me is the heat and the way that they compete, regardless of who is available, you rattled off all the people who may miss tonight. And I would bet that that'll still be a close game. Um, and, and Miami will have a chance to win it because I don't know what it is. Eric Spolstra inspires in his role players, but, they can have three, four, five guys out, and they will still be competitive. Um, so they're they're deep, and I think when they're healthy, they got a lot of star power at the top too. So I I think it's it's they're another one that I would consider in that same tier. Andrew, I love your takes on Milwaukee and uh, Miami. I agree with you on both of those teams. I want to go out west real quickly. Uh, I know every interview you're obligated to discuss the Lakers because every idiot like me brings <laughs> it up. So. Let's talk about them for a second real quick because I'm a big Frank Vogel guy. I covered the NBA for 10 years in Dallas for a long time, and I thought Vogel could coach. Are Palinka and Vogel going to be two guys who are made the scapegoat because the general manager known as LeBron James and Rich Paul did a horrendous job of assembling this team? you got five Hall of Famers, but you don't have guys willing to do the dirty work. You know, Montrose Harrell was one of those guys that would grind for you. You need those guys to compliment superstars, and I hope this doesn't end up falling in their laps. I don't think it should. And I think that's especially true of uh, Frank Vogel. Uh, he's going to be a scapegoat and he has been for a lot of fans and media people over the course of the season. Um, but everything you just said is completely correct. And, and it, <laughs> I actually looked this up the other day. Um, bear with me for a moment, no but the <laughs> JaVale McGee, KCP, Montres Harrell, Alex Crusoe, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Schroeder, Josh Hart, Ivica Zubac and Brandon Ingram, uh, all Lakers who've played with LeBron as a Laker, they have almost 27 wins over replacement player this season. And that's, that's probably more now because I tweeted that about a week ago. Um, Laker current Lakers, not named LeBron have six wins over replacement players. So 27 to six. Um, he has, he has remade the roster and I think you're correct. It's him and reach rich Paul, who are the true sort of general manager there. They have remade the roster. Um, 
broken down a championship team that they had in 2020 to what they have now with a bunch of guys who don't fit together, uh, a bunch of skill sets that don't complement each other, a bunch of stars who aren't willing to do little things like you said, or adjust their roles. Um, and this was kind of a predictable result. I, when they made the Westbrook trade this summer, I thought that's, that's a bad fit and that's going to take them a while to figure out. But even I didn't think they'd be quite this bad. I, I still figured they'd probably be middle to the back part of the playoff picture in the West. Um, but now I, I don't think anybody fears them at this point. I mean, even if they won the play in tournament, I think they'd have a hard time getting to the second round. It is jarring when you phrase it like that, but no, it's a great nugget to, to share with us. Uh, and we look forward to seeing how this all plays out. They are a, going to be a five and a half one home underdog tonight. No AD. Once again, LeBron is going <laughs> to give it a go. You can follow him at Andrew D Bailey, NBA writer, for Bleacher Report. Andrew, always a pleasure having you on. Thank you for giving us the time uh, and the joy here, this uh, home stretch here of NBA action. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank All right. You. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll come back, update some of the college hoops games still in progress, and get into some conference tournament discussion. That is on the other side as we roll on. Final hour of Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting next Sunday with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VSIN College Hoops experts next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vsin.com. And before we get to selection, we got the conference tournaments we have to handicap. That's what we're going to do a little bit of right now. Back with Amal Shop and Wilson with you on a Saturday afternoon from our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. A couple of updates here, and particularly in the conference tournament world where Loyola Chicago has absolutely ended up throttling Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa got it to within nine here after being down 16 at the break, but this has been a vintage Jamal Loyola defensive performance. Ramblers defense has won the day against a red-hot offensive team in UNI, 62-42 to with a buck 21 to go, and the under is going to come uh, home very, very easily here at 137 or 137 and a half. Yeah, right now at 104 with 90 seconds remaining. I mean, <laughs> talk about a great play on the under or on the side. I'll tell you the other thing with Loyola, this was over fairly quickly. I, I passed on this game very quickly, so I don't regret. Like, there are certain games you're like, man, I wish I had taken that right. game. I, I can't say it about this game. I didn't have an opinion one way or the other. And uh, with the total, the only thing that surprised me a little bit was with Loyola being a little bit high. But the first two games uh, got over these totals comfortably. Wasn't sure what to expect. But give the Ramblers a ton of credit. They just dominated this game. They're going to end up winning by 25, 21 right now. Mm-hmm. And, Ben, at halftime, they were 16, and they were minus 2. I didn't love taking Loyola, but I couldn't take um, the other side in you and yeah. I because they were, str- well, they, they were just struggling to score. Like, when you decide you're going to lock somebody down defensively, it becomes really tough for certain teams to be able to score, and that was the case with Jacobson's squad today. Amazing that you and I put up a 102, albeit in double overtime, yeah. last week <laughs> there in Iowa, and they're going to score uh, maybe only 42 tonight with a minute to go. I've just been an absolute slog all day for you and I. So it's going to be Loyola Chicago, the four seed out of the Missouri Valley, Going to the final, we still have Drake and Missouri State's coming up. That's the next game here at the uh, top of the hour. Most State, about a point and a half favorite there, 134 and a half, 135. And a very popular futures play them all in the, the overall conference tournament betting because 
they were on the other side of those two other behemoths in the conference, Loyola and Northern Iowa, at about three to one most state. Are, do you like them in uh, in this spot tonight, or do you have respect for the Bulldogs here of Drake? I, I like Drake. I, I think Penn's been terrific. Um, you know, you look at DeVries, a terrific young player. He is going to be a force in that valley, in the valley for a while. Uh, but this is going to be a tough, tight game. The one thing with Drake to me, Missouri State really is efficient offensively. Shoots the ball well, great at the free throw line. Um, I think this Bears team, I watched the uh, Missouri State-Drake game at, uh, at Drake, and I was really impressed with the Bears. Uh, another game against BYU this year, they came up a little bit short, but they, they have been tough. I, I think Missouri State's a team you got to keep an eye out for. I will say this. I think if you are Loyola, you want Drake to win this game. I feel like they match up better with Drake than they do against Missouri State. I think Missouri State can pull off the upset easier than Drake now, Mo can. Most State went into Chicago and, yep. and beat the Ramblers by 10 earlier this year. I, I covered uh, Isaiah Mosley in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're stud for most State. And that guy who had like legit Power 5 offers chose to stay uh, local in the state of Missouri, and he's been, uh, he's been a godsend for Dana Ford's uh, Bears team. So that game goes off here at the top of the hour against Drake. Uh, they met uh, twice in the regular season. Most State won both meetings against Drake, although both matchups were pretty close, decided by four and five points, respectively. It kind of gets into the general thought, right, though, Amal, of, of how we look for value in betting these conference tournaments, because as there are some still that are that are underway, conferences you can bet when the lines get reposted every day. It's always It always feels like you're throwing darts when it comes to the power fives, because the, the, you know, the motivation is not there, because right. those teams are all going to be in the NCAA tournament, at least at the top of the conference. How do you go about tackling, though, these, these smaller conferences where in a lot of cases, it's going to be a one big le- bid league, maybe two at best if, if they get lucky. Yeah, for me, I tend not to get involved in leagues I haven't followed throughout the course of the season. So if you didn't follow a certain league, I would probably pass on it because come starting Tuesday, you're going to have ACC, the Big Ten, all these power leagues going. You're going to have opportunities in those leagues. So for me, I, I would just take a cautious approach. Now, you could take a look at a certain situation. For example, today, Longwood was down three at the break, really struggling in that matchup against the Spartans. Lancers come back, and you had a feeling they were going to come back and win. Now, it was a tight game, but you could see the difference yeah. between a 15-1 and team and a 10-6 and team in league play as we got down the stretch, their ability to knock down shots and make plays. So I think it's very important when you're looking at betting some of these games in terms of how you look at the teams, which ones have had success during the regular season. Let's say you decide you're going to bet a game, Ben, that you haven't followed a league all year. Start with conference, how these teams matched up. Where are they at from a field goal percentage standpoint? Where are they at from a field goal defense standpoint? I think those are all critical statistics you want to take a look at. Free throw line is so crucial. To me, I I live on this free throw line with teams who are good, better than 75%. Teams that are below 70, just an automatic red flag for me, unless they are really great in another area. Like VCU, perfect example. They're not a good offensive team. But they force so many turnovers at home in Richmond that I like betting on them when they're at home. So I think those are all types of things you need to look at. And Missouri State, a great example of this as well. Yeah. Not only did they have a favorable bracket, not only did they match up well against their presumptive semifinal opponent in Drake, who they beat twice, but fifth best free throw shooting team in the country yeah. and a lot of experience as well going into a big neutral site venue like the Enterprise Center. So as a better, when you ask yourself, all right, why are all these, why are all these guys in the market uh, looking to bet a team like most State at a 3-1 to one price? Those are the types of reasons and the, the types of factors that go into a bet like that. So we try to apply that going forward, but there are also two of them all when you get into some of these tournaments where upsets abound, it can throw the whole thing haywire and you can then maybe have opportunities to get in, say a conference like the Sun Belt, which they're playing their quarterfinals today. So odds will be reposted at the end of the night. It has been upset city there in Pensacola where we just saw earlier today, Louisiana, the eight seed in that conference 
knockoff number one seeded Texas State in a game where Texas State was a lot of money coming to Lafayette there. I'm all only about a four-point favorite in the end. Uh, but uh, you have your eight seed now matching up against the four seed tomorrow. Troy just beat Arkansas Little Rock. Didn't cover. They won by seven as a nine or nine and a half point favorite. But now you have a, a league, Amal, where you're looking at a 4-8 semifinal. And we've already seen a couple of upsets on the other side of the bracket. Georgia Southern is the 10 seed. They upset Coastal last night. They'll try to do the same thing against uh, App State later tonight. So a conference in total upheaval like that in the Sun Belt. Yeah, you mentioned Louisiana. This is a team with good size. Texas State, not as big, shoots the basketball well, plays defense extremely well, but Louisiana was able to take advantage of that. And also, during the regular year, they had a bunch of guys miss games due to COVID. So when you look at it from a Louisiana standpoint, a little bit healthier now. And I think in these leagues where a lot of it's predicated upon just shooting the basketball, right? When you get in the Power Fives, you got teams with size that can go inside. They can beat you in a different, a variety of different ways. It's much more difficult when you're so reliant on perimeter shooting, Ben, because you know your your guards are going to be much smaller sometimes in these leagues. Uh, it's just really incredible to me how you see some of the struggles and why sometimes these teams don't win their league, even though they had a great regular season. Right, and it's it, especially in these leagues. We talked about it in the Big South, where we yeah. saw all so far every single game except one has either gone to overtime or been decided by a single point. The Sun Belt, which was upset Central in the first round yesterday, and we've already seen an upset today with an eight over a one. Uh, just because it's a small conference tournament and there's one perceived top team doesn't mean you see upsets all the time uh, in these leagues. So as we now turn the page forward here, Amal, we, we will do some dart throwing. Try to look at some of these large conferences that start next week because the reality is, for many casual bettors, trying to find value on a, a juicy team with plus money to come out of one of these conferences is is a very intriguing thing when we come down the wire here. Any of the large conference tournaments that you you feel just on the on a glance, even with the brackets not being set, have value? Yeah, I think the ACC with Duke. I think Duke at minus 125 is going to win this league. I think they're so far above everyone else right now that it's going to be a real challenge for these teams to be able to knock them off. Uh, I think they're the most complete team. Uh, you know, look, they have the talent and the ability to win the national championship. But when you look at the rest of the ACC, if I'm looking at it from a Duke perspective, who scares me is Wake Forest because they can score, score the basketball. Williams has been terrific. Um, I'm not worried about Carolina. I'm not worried about Virginia. Even though Virginia's style of play slows games down, can give you an opportunity. But I, I think it, this is Duke's tournament to win. Or excuse me, to lose, rather. Right, yeah, and it's funny how we had this discussion um, earlier in the, in the show where how, how rare is it that you see you know, a team laying chalk like that in a large conference tournament? It just doesn't happen, but it, yeah. it is a, a kind of a window into how the odds makers perceive the rest of an ACC and what's been an extremely down year where a 12-loss Vatech team, at least by the advanced numbers, might be the team to give Duke its biggest challenge in, in a tournament like that. Speaks, speaks to the rarity that we find ourselves in with that league in particular. Well, Ben, if I said to you right now, who's the best, second-best team in the ACC? I don't know if you could say confidently you could give a definitive team, right? No. I mean, that, that's the problem. You know, if you said in the SEC, okay, I give you, uh, you can have, you know, Kentucky or Auburn, you know that. You feel good about saying that. You look at Tennessee, you say they're probably the third-best team in that league. So I think from that standpoint, it makes a difference in terms of how you perceive leagues. But with me right now at the ACC, tough to call. I certainly agree with you on that. Even look at Duke's losses this year. They've all in, in league play. Yeah. I mean, two at home to Miami and, and that crazy finish back in early January, one on the road in overtime at Florida state, and then one at home to Virginia. And all three of those teams have had to have had significant holes. You can pick in their resumes. One update before we hit a break them all. Getting tight now. Under eight media time out there in Lawrence. 49-47. Kansas on top of Texas. KU now laying 
I am seeing at four and a half live at BetMGM, 127 and a half your total. Going to be a good finish. Yeah, McCormick going to the line to shoot a front end of a one and one. That is, uh, that is going to be interesting. I have to imagine a lot of free throws being shot by those Jayhawks down the stretch. I wonder why. <laughs> Where's that game being played? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not complaining. That's all. I know you're not. All right, we'll wrap up the show next. Final updates and previews of games still to come as we wrap things up next here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today. Get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we're back, it's our final segment here on Betting Across America. Back with the mall shop. Ben Wilson with you. Big thanks to all of our crew behind the scenes, including Elliot Bauman, our producer leading the charge behind the glass at our Circa Sportsbook Studios. We still have a lot more to get to. On a busy Saturday of live action from Las Vegas, we'll have Brady Cannon and James Salinas coming up with the Green Zone for the next three hours. Now, I'm all interesting stretches here. couple of games going down to the wire. Kansas, Texas, two-point game, 624 to go, 51 to 49, and KU's laying three and a half live. Been basically played a game within two, three possessions this whole way there at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, the second half, is, second half has been all uh, somewhere between a one to three-point lead on either side. Nobody's really gone past that. And KU, as you alluded to earlier, you said they're going to get some calls, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. They got the benefit of a call here. They missed the front end of the one and one. Uh, I thought this should have not been a foul call there, but uh, Texas now down two with six minutes to go with an opportunity to tie or take the lead here. So it should be a terrific and finish. something you always point out when it comes to live betting, you have to know what the foul situation is, especially coming down the stretch. Texas, eight team fouls. Kansas, just five. And a little, maybe a little home cooking going on there, as we've seen from time to time at Allen Fieldhouse. So that is another uh, elements there. Uh, the, the, I know you always are factoring that in them all, and it's something that betters, you know, sometimes just casually overlook. Well, what happens is, like, for example, in that last possession where they call the foul against Texas, uh, Kansas missed an opportunity, but they had a chance potentially to knock down two free throws. 
And now Texas actually uh, picked Kansas just picked up the sixth and seventh foul. So Devin Askew will go to the line with an opportunity to tie this game up. But this has been interesting because when you look at um, this Kansas team, they have not gotten as many calls as we were used to. How about this? 38 consecutive wins for KU on senior day. 30. That's an amazing stat. Really, 38. And you you have the money line, correct? Little, yeah, I do. With, with, uh, with uh, Wyoming here right now in a dogfight up in uh, Laramie with a two-point lead. Bill Self um, has had 16 home losses. Ask you, missed the free throw. And this is exactly what I was talking about. You look at Christian Brown and you look at uh, Abaji closing out games. Those are guys you want at the free throw line. Ask you missed a great opportunity. You know, maybe Kansas doesn't score in this possession, but that, that's so important in these types of games when you're trying to win on the road at a place like the Fog where you're already playing against the officials. I mean, <laughs> Correct. And right on QKU uh, hits a bucket. So up yeah. four, under six minutes ago, you are you are so spot on uh, with, with that assessment and how you, you got to take advantage of your opportunities, especially in spots like that uh, on the road. So that comes down to the wire. Brady and uh, James will have the end of that game for you when, when we get started on Green Zone. A couple other games, though, to uh, mention. Oregon, the, you can probably turn out the lights on Dana Altman's team having any chance of getting an at-large berth as the Ducks have laid another egg today, although without leading scorer Will Richardson was always going to be a tough task on the road at Washington State. Uh, Wazoo is a two and a half to three and a half point favorite, and now in play, I'm all laying 18 and a half live up at 19 with 7:42 to go in the Palouse. Uh, those live numbers uh, at BetMGM showing 160 and a half our total, but yet another dismal performance in what has really just been a shocking uh, lack of cohesion down the stretch for Oregon in their general season. Yeah, you know, to me, this team has really struggled. Go back to that game. I think it was in Portland against BYU. They got absolutely dusted. And they really struggled. And from that point going forward, this team just never seemed to get on the right track. You thought when they won a Pauley Pavilion in a game where there were no fans at, for uh, UCLA, you thought maybe this Oregon team gets it going. And then they played extremely well competitively against Arizona, came up a little bit short. But they get blown out in Seattle at the Hackhead. And now today on the Palouse, I mean, this game is, they've had a couple of dunks on the last couple of possessions. But the reality of it is they've been absolutely getting housed here. Yeah, it, look, a team that's... Uh... First, pack, first team in Pac-12 history to win back-to-back -back road games against a pair of top 10 AP teams in the same weekend. They did that against UCLA and USC back-to-back. -back. Uh, but yes, uh, it, is, it has all gone wrong here down the stretch for Dana Altman's Oregon Ducks. Down 19, now 7.30 to go. Uh, let's look them all at a couple games here about to tip off. For folks looking to get in a, a bet here with, as we get towards the 6 p.m. Eastern hour. Just to look at some of the final line movement, as expected, a lot of late action coming in on Duke, as that is the uh, premier game, the event of the night. Duke, from they got, got down as low as 10.5 here, but I'm seeing now 11.5 basically market-wide, including at uh, BetMGM. You mentioned this earlier, no surprise that the casual bettors coming in late going to lay it uh, with Duke, even in a double-digit line spot. Yeah, and I'm not surprised people are taking Carolina plus the points. Huge revenge game here. I mean, they got embarrassed last time at Chapel Hill, so good opportunity to bounce back if you're Hubert Davis. Um, also, does the pressure, you know, it get to Duke at all? And, and what I mean by that is just simply because there's so many, so much media scrutiny, so many people at this game. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Another game about to tip involving top 25 teams, where Baylor comes goes into its senior day uh, at home against Iowa State. Lang looks like 12 and a half market wide. Your total at 133, at uh, 133 and a half. <laughs> how do you explain what we've seen out of Iowa State recently, where? And they lose four in a row, then win four in a row, and then put up 36 points at home in their senior day outing against Oklahoma State on Wednesday. You know, this team got off to a fast start during the regular year. They had some good wins, beating Xavier and a couple other teams right now that elude me. But 
Uh, Memphis I, as well, I, Creighton, I, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so huge opportunities and Texas misses another front end of a one and one. And so I, I look at them. I go back to the loss against K state. They had at Hilton. They were up 10, 15 points in that game, blow that game. And ever since that point in time, this team's kind of hit their skids, hit the skid a little bit. And you mentioned that 36 points. I mean, come on. That's just pathetic. Uh, brutal. And for TJ Otzelberger, first year head coach, a top 10 defensive team, but they, they don't, outside of Isaiah Brockington, who is their reliable scoring? They just they have none. You're absolutely right. And that's been the problem for this team all year long. And in a league where you got teams that can score the basketball, uh, you're going to have to be able to score if you want to win games. And they just have not done it consistently. And that's been a problem for them. At least for me, I'm on. We always say this with the caveat. You never can really say this blanketly until you know the matchup in the NCAA tournament. But it's probably going to be a fade spot I look at for Iowa State. Most most likely, given how they start off 12-0, and appeared to overachieve under a first-year coach. And I, I just don't see it on, on the offensive side. Great defensive team, but... How can you trust them down the stretch of games? I agree with you. I think it's going to be a real challenge for them going forward. Yeah, well, we'll see you on that one tonight. Again, 12 and a half Iowa State at Baylor in a game that tips off in about eight minutes. How about the the marquee game tonight after Duke North Carolina wraps up? Big matchup in Pauley Pavilion, USC, UCLA. Seeing UCLA in the market of all between seven and a half and eight tonight. Johnny Juzang going to be a game time decision with an ankle injury. Firmly questionable as UCLA has, has been battered. A lot of guys in and out of the lineup here down the stretch. How do you see this one playing out uh, with uh, USC having just gotten a really impressive win last weekend on the road at Oregon and, and which seemed to have gotten Andy Enfield's Trojans back on the right track? Yeah, this is a big number. I'll tell you what, I think it's going to be a bit of a defensive game, but it's a little bit low for me to take the under because both teams are capable of putting up points. Um, you know, you mentioned Juzang. If he's unable to go for any reason for the Bruins, that's a huge blow from an offensive standpoint. You're going to be really relying on Jaime Hawkes. Uh, we'll see what Clark can do as well. Peyton Watson hasn't played a ton for the Bruins. I'm not necessarily, you know, my problem with Jules Bernard is he takes too many shots at times for this team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this team going forward. I think it's going to be a real challenge here uh, to cover this number. I would be looking at the Trojans in seven and a half. And keep in mind, since these two teams met for the first time, February 12th, USC won by three at the Galen Center. I mean, UCLA has played well. They've won five of six, but they haven't really played anybody. I mean, they, they beat Wazoo at home by 20 when, when the Cougars were shorthanded, but all of their other games, they've only played, and they lost to Oregon as well, but only one other of those wins them all were to top 100 Ken Palm teams. Arizona State barely inside the Ken Palm top 100. So it's not like UCLA's been that that convincing. And you have USC who just comes off of, I mentioned the big Oregon win last weekend in Eugene, but they turned right around and were blasted at home by 20 to Arizona in a real statement game for the Wildcats by, by 20 on, on a Tuesday night. So you would expect somewhat of a bounce back for US, USC here uh, in, in the finale. But as we know, you, you never can be sure on these things. It would appear, though, for USC, a team that has run hot and cold under Andy Enfield, this would be a good spot to back the Trojans. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And defensively, they're really tough to shoot over. That's going to be the one thing for UCLA. You know, you look at Riley inside, can't really give you a ton and going over that length, when you look at uh, whether it be Goodwin or obviously Mobley, even Peterson, Boogie Ellis, terrific guard for the Bruins. So this should be a fun matchup tonight. Can't wait for this one. Yeah, hey, it's uh, it's been a blast being with you on the desk here, Mom. Same last here. three hours, it, the, these things fly by when we are in the heat of March Madness. <laughs> uh, I know the sweats will not uh, will not stop just because we're off the air, Mom. You have more still to sweat. Uh, Fifty five up between Texas and KU under four media time out there in Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. Back to back three pointers by uh, Texas, and uh, this is going to be a fantastic finish. I think, it, I think it will be. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, as a, a somewhat uh, pessimistic Mizzou alum, 
I've, I've had my share of heartbreak, so I'm just assuming all the calls to go KU's way. I want you to win your bet, Amal. I'm just saying. No, I don't Expect disagree with cooking. you. I don't disagree with you. I'm still mad about the you know, February 2012 uh, game between Missouri and Kansas. But that's that's for another day. I want to thank everybody behind the glass as well. Elliot Bauman, our producer, leading the charge. Fellow Mizzou alum, uh, as you pointed out, Amal. As we say so long, Green Zone with Brady Cannon and James Salinas coming your way next for the next three hours here on VEASAN. As for Amal Shah, I'm Ben Wilson. Good luck with the rest of your bets the rest of this Saturday as we say goodbye here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare